Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Triforce podcast with me, Lewis, Pyrian Flax. Hello. And Sips. Hey. How you doing? Hi. So um, Pyrian has new audio set up. I yeah. I hear myself yeah. echoing a little bit through his uh, new setup. Yeah. No, there, there's no way. You, should, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, honestly, you shouldn't be able to. I don't, I don't hear any echoing Flax. Don't it worry about it. It doesn't sound any different, Flax, your new stuff. I must it does. He's a, bit, he's a bit insecure about his audio setup, but that's, that's par for the course with the new audio setup. I wasn't insecure about it until Lewis ber- berated me for he's daring to, make you, yeah. to, to, to spend, spend money on things and, and buy stuff without bothering yeah. the Yogscast about it. Well, I, it was just like you were, you were so, we've got all these guys here sitting around basically doing nothing. And, you, and you're like, okay, I'm going to spend a day researching my own audio equipment well, I don't and buying it. I mean, jeez, you guys, you know, they're in the office. How would you feel if I just called up Sam, Sam, I need a load of help with my audio stuff. You'd think, what the fuck is Perian wasting my employee's time? Why? That. Flax. Because that's exactly what I'm gonna, we do. I'm going to level with you, Flax. <laughs> I email Sam like every fucking day asking yeah. him for shit. I, like I hate to bother people. So why is that? Is that an English thing? Is that a British you're, thing? You're is also that thing English. you've got in your whole life? Because I, I, we're here to help. We're here to support you. That's the whole point of like that's uh, a, what we do here. Yeah, that's the thing. And you know, I, I feel like the more we can help you, the better. I get pleasure out of, of being bothered by people and helping them do stuff. I you know? always felt like I was a burden to you. Maybe it's the tone of your voice. I don't know. I always are you felt... like a, are you like a gran and you're feeling oh no I can't <laughs> I'm, oh, I don't want to burden the young with having to look after me. I'll just struggle to the shops on my own. Yeah, See, where, where, I mean? where I come from, I I feel like if you know a guy who goes to a personal trainer and says really outlandish shit to him all the time and is being like really antisocial with him and stuff. That's the kind of guy I want to burden. So I go out of my way actually <laughs> to burden Lewis now. Oh, I, I just I, I didn't I honestly it. didn't even occur to me. I just thought I'd have, you know, I'd wing it. No, but so, but there's like there's a whole structure set up so that you can get help and, you know, that it's like consistent and stuff like that. Like I, I agree with Lewis, you should you should talk to people first before you just go off off the grid. Like you're you're not Neo from the Matrix. Well, so like, mm-hmm. he had help from Morpheus. And yeah. Trinity, remember? <laughs> yeah, I, he did, yeah. I, so I'm the opposite of Neo. I'm like one of the guys that's still stuck in the Matrix. Yeah, but he's, Morpheus he's to... like sends you an email saying, hey, do you want some help with uh, the Matrix, Neo? And you're like, no. <laughs> I don't want to bother you, dude. I don't want to bother you, Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm so... the Neo that's still stuck in the Matrix. Just like, I know there's a way yeah, out. Yeah, you're still stuck in there because you refused to take the help when it was offered to you. No, I didn't refuse to take the help. If, if, if you know, I've, I've been grumbling. Like, my audio setup has been bad in terms of, like, it's actually on its way out. Like, the equipment well, wait, was just though, you have, dying. You had, the, you had the Scarlet 2i2, right? And, yeah, and it, um, was, it was starting to go. 
like the Audio was, Technica BPHS one headset. The most uncomfortable headphones. Currently they, yeah, they do. They take the some getting universe. used to for sure. But, yeah. And the thing is, once they get old, they, the plastic starts to creak. Like I had That's to chuck exactly mine out it. because yeah. my the plastic was creaking so much it was actually picking it up in the mic. Like yeah. And the other problem I've got is the the, the focus rate that I got, which is like the two i four. After four hours and three minutes of streaming, consistently, the voice turns into a robot voice, only when streaming. Oh, yeah. And all I have to do is unplug it and plug it back in and restart Discord, and it's fine. Weird. But it's one of those weird things where you think, why is why is that happening? Yeah. And I Googled it, and I thought, is it me? And other people were like, how come after four hours of streaming, the Focusrite stops working? And all the Focusrite say is, contact our technical support team. Now, whether they're contacting them and the technical support team says... Can't do shit. Please don't tell anybody. But Have you tried ringing them up? No, I'm going to give them a ring. Apparently, they're in the UK, so I can give them a bell. Yeah. But oh, I why was... don't you phone them now? But no, we're not doing that again. All right, okay. Well, hey, listen, I had a, I had an issue as well. Not not like totally <laughs> dissimilar to yours. <laughs> I, I I still use. I don't know if people find this interesting. Or I not, still we'll use find the out. Scarlet Two I Two Flex, and right. um, when I switched over from the office to the dad garage obviously i had to reset up my rig and everything i like to call it my rig because um <laughs> that sounds cool but um mm. so i set up i had to reset up my computer and everything put everything nice and stuff so i plug everything in i get everything up and running i download a bunch of new games and stuff and i start recording and i'm like midway through recording and all of a sudden the audio just cuts out completely and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I have no game audio, so I have to, like, trash these recordings and stuff because everything is just going all fucking skewy and I can't do anything about it. So I'm looking, I'm Googling. I, I thought it was, like, a Windows driver issue. I downloaded all these drivers and stuff. I'm, like, fucking racking my brains and stuff. And then it turns out I had the Scarlet 2i2 plugged into a USB 3 port. Oh. And, oh. and it was, like overloading it somehow or something oh and so i switched back to usb 2 and it's been totally fine since so it's like so it could be like the smallest dumbest fucking thing that is causing robo voice for you and and you'll find it one day and you'll be like Oh my god. Oh, is he actually be, looking? That might be a USB 3 I've got it plugged into. Yeah, yeah if, it's the, if it's like the blue one. It you is a blue try one. To, okay, Put try, it in a non, okay, try, right. try putting it into a non-blue one and okay. see how you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. Do that. All right, well, they go. No that's problem. some If anybody else wants some tech support from me, um, <laughs> I charge by the hour, but I'm available. You didn't, uh, we didn't tweet agree a price. At sips underscore. Yeah. Usually that will get through to you eventually, won't it? You, you reply to most technical Yeah, he's issues. pretty good Absolutely. on Absolutely. Uh... I love social media, so, like, I'm always looking for an opportunity to use it. So, so um, I woke up this morning um, and I looked at Reddit. And the top of Reddit was um, Palace staff called to emergency meeting. Okay, Queen Elizabeth staff called to Today. highly unusual meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so it's obviously like the usual like scare. Of, Wait, um, how did they know though? Does that information get leaked or something? And then they they report on like what little they know because it's like it sounds interesting or whatever. Is that how? It well, works? because it goes to the front page of Reddit. Uh, as a result, you know, like has it know, been it like in the papers of... or anything, or is it like on the no. BBC News or anything like that? No. All oh, right. Okay. No. It's just it's just at the top of Reddit because Reddit loves to vote up these sensationalist nonsense. But I mean, there, there is like this interesting sort of thing that comes out of it, right? So when the Queen, or I mean, if the Queen, it might not be the Queen, it might be like someone in the royal family or something else. But 
It's probably nothing, but you know the queen is going to die at some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's there's a sort of this sort of unusual uh, sort of way of like telling the world and and sort of this like twelve days of mourning planned and, yeah. and they basically have to like interrupt all BBC programs to tell everyone yeah. and they have to tell everyone every fifteen minutes. She's and they have no to play, spring like, chicken though, like you know, she's... like they have to put like um, funereal music on for like twelve days. Like they they all the BBC. Comedy shows have to like stop for, for 12, 12 days, at least political ones. Like, you know, all of the. It's really interesting, like, how all of these strange. It's, it almost like goes back to the 1950s social norms. What do, what do you mean? You know? What do you mean political TV shows have to stop for 12 well, days? Well, like, no, like political, like, um, like comedy ones, like, uh, have I got news for you and stuff like this. Oh, they can't, they can't joke about her, yeah. Well, I don't know if. Do you think people would make a joke about her being dead? Like, dude, on, they joked about nine ha- eleven. Of course, they'll have joke I got about news the queen for you. And yeah, of course. I guess, maybe. I mean, eventually, that's what comedy does, isn't it? That's what they they said that uh, in New York, like the no, none of the comics wanted to touch nine eleven because even though. You know, they're comedians. They can think of funny things about terrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. None of them wanted to touch it because it felt like, who's going to do it first? And eventually, some comedian, I'm not sure who it was, made this joke. And the audience was like, rather than going, hey, buddy, you can't joke about 9-11. They were like, they, they laughed because it was like, finally, you can start to to rationalize it and start to think about yeah. it. And if you, if you can't make fun about something... You know, Jesus Christ! What is there that you can't make fun about? Name, name. I mean, there, are, there, there's very few things that aren't funny if it's done well. Muslims. I mean, I'm not just saying nine eleven. Baby slaying. You don't, you don't <laughs> normally hear lots of jokes about a baby slayer. So no, but that's you could, you could definitely. I mean, you telling me that someone like Louis C.K. couldn't make a funny joke about pretty much anything. Louis I mean, C.K. is yeah, he does because have he's very, the very ability. good. Yeah, he is very funny. Yeah, but even he wouldn't just. Like start mocking like Islam publicly, would he? Well, there's you a know? difference that, between I mean, mocking it, where you just go, oh, I'm a Muslim, like that, because comedy should like good comedy is not only funny, yeah, but it, but it makes you think. Right? Louis C.K. would sort of question it and then sort of lace opinion into it, kinda, and 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 it and it would make it funny, like uh, in in a sort of. It would take a little while. At first, you'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's touching the subject. And then by the end of it, you'd be laughing your balls off sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, mm. He's pretty good at that kind so, of yeah, stuff. So, yeah, I think it was the same thing with, uh, I mean, if the, so if the queen dies, oh, geez, you know, they'll be able to make some some jokes out of that. Come on. That's... Well, I mean, there's a the thing with gallows humor, too, right? Like some people, I'm sure some people were making jokes about, you know, 9-11 as it was happening, you know, and and... Because that's how a lot of people, especially sort of in the emergency services, cope with yeah. with this type of things. You know, with, with people with very high stress jobs, like surgeons and things, and, and people in, in hospitals yeah. see a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, you know, they have to make a lot of jokes in order to actually. Well, you know, they do, but unless you're Nicolas Cage in that movie where he was an ambulance driver, <laughs> he was not joking at all in that movie. In <laughs> oh, actual man. fact, I'd say it was like the complete opposite of having a laugh and a joke about right. a circumstance. The humor was sucked out of he the. He was um, so fucking miserable it was like oh my god it was hard to watch it, he was so fucking miserable I, I just like i had to stop a couple of times and just like read a joke and like smell a flower and stuff just to remind myself that actually my life isn't that miserable because holy crap yeah he sucked me into a vortex in that movie what the fuck was the name of that movie I can't remember. So, what was it called? Christ. I just you know the, I'll look it up. the sad thing. The sad thing for me about Nicolas Cage is that he's like he's like a guy who's been told he's not allowed to be funny anymore, but he's still trying to be funny unintentionally by being 
so bad in so many things. But if you watch like Raised in Arizona and some of his earlier roles, he was yeah. really good. Like he was a good actor. He was very good in Raised in Arizona. Very funny. And yeah. then he did he did this really good. What was it? God, I can't remember. It was like a, a sort of modern American film noir. And he was excellent in it. And he, he was in a bunch of good stuff early on. It's like someone handed down this mandate from on high, like like Satan. Like he goes to see Satan, right? And I, I like maybe he was ill or something. He said, "Oh, geez, Satan, I've got I'm really ill. I need help." And Satan said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll save your life, but you're not allowed to have fun acting anymore. You have to pick the worst roles in the worst movies, and you have to act as badly as possible for the rest of your life." But wait, he was in some pretty good ones too, though. Nicholas Cage has had some good ones. Like um, he was in The Rock. That was pretty good. Well, you go understand that he he had a big tax problem, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, true. Con Air. Was a was a good one. It was Remember a bad Con Air? movie. Come on, it wasn't bad. It was a bad, terrible movie. Have you seen it? Wasn't, it? it wasn't terrible. It was I terrible. Mean, it wasn't good either. It was it somewhere was terrible, in the middle, dude. Come on, yeah, come and on. And the fucking rock sucked us. Terrible. Oh come Awful. on, the rock was, well, the rock was, was a good was laugh. average. It was like okay-ish. Oh vomit. I mean, those were the golden years. Yeah, those of were Cage. like his golden years. Yeah. No, they were not his golden years. What right, was that him? one where he was in with with Travolta and they swapped faces? Remember that? Face, Face off. off. Terrible. Awful. That was an awful one. But like he was still pretty big at the time. All right. Here's 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 some of his movies. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's a great movie. Okay. Right? I don't I've never seen that one. That is that is a genuinely what? great movie. Okay. Raising Arizona that is a great movie. That was from 1982. Yeah, was, Can we go through his entire filmography he, he, now? He was hardly in it. Raising Arizona was Patricia Arquette in that one, or is that one with Christian I, Slater? I can't remember. No, raise, that you're thinking of um, Raising Arizona. Was he like an alcoholic? Like no, 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 no. no. That's uh, you can't count Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He played Brad's yeah, bud. He was in it. In that, it was a good movie. Hey, Brad's bud. It was. He was hey. a good movie. <laughs> All right, raised in Arizona, he was brilliant in Ew. that. Ew. Sorry, sorry. Oh my god! He was, in, he was in Valley Girl as Randy. Oh my god, Randy! Have you seen Randy's testicles? Oh my god, they're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Why are they so misshapen? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I love that voice so much. Oh Sorry, Pete, that's we're interrupting. But this is it. He he does leave in Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. That's the one where he's an alcoholic. Okay, he's a fucking the, alcoholic. Are, are you sure? That? That, are you sure it's not? I mean, so Hell all right. So yeah. yeah, it's good. Wild Wild at Heart. Are you sure that's not the one? I think it might be Leaving Las Vegas. Well, but I don't anyway, know if it's Wild at so Heart, he's in no. Leaving Las Vegas, which was which was a good movie and everything. And then the very next film, next year, nineteen ninety six. The Rock, yep. Con Air, uh-huh. Face Off, the big City ones. of Angels, Snake City of Eyes, Angels. These are all dreadful. Gone no, in 60 no. Seconds. What was, what family was that movie? Man. Yeah, Family Man. Gone in 60 oh. Seconds. That's a great movie. Oh, man. Family, family Man was fucking good, man. I, like, I like that. Legitimately, I thought that was a great movie. Like, he, he nailed the role of having kids so well. Like, it was insane. He just looked so fucking Did you up. see Wind Talkers? What is that, like Zelda or something? It's so bad. You wouldn't okay, believe listen, it. Okay, listen. Nicolas Cage is the king of bad movies. He's the, okay, well, no. you've got to understand that some of these movies are so no, bad no, they're no, very, come on. very watchable. The, the, the king of bad movies clearly is Martin Lawrence. Okay, he's he's it's a tie. The thing about Nicolas Cage is that he's always had money problems. He's been so bad with money that he's just had to take on any old shit. And he's st- still today, you know, he's had to do loads of films every year. Just any work that comes along, he's doing. He did seven films in 2016. He's doing seven films in 20, 2017. He's just, 
He's doing more films per year than, than ever he's before. He's just slamming them out. He is. He's just whacking them out. Not all of them even make it to the cinema. He does Matchstick Men, which was a really good movie. I really like Matchstick Men. That's a, that's a con movie, right? And that's a good one. Adaptation was very well received. It was okay. It, it, was, it was good. It was pretty good. Pretty good. That was uh, yeah. the uh, about the... Uh, he was the... Um, right, that guy, that writer... Um, what's his name again? Charlie Kaufman. That's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was yeah, fucking this, great, that was, a, that was incredible Adaptation movie. was really good. But then, if you look at the stuff, like, USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage, is meant to be so fucking bad. I, I desperately want to see it, because it's that bad. Like, it's really, really bad. It, I, I don't know what it is. It's like he did some deal with, this, with Satan. I swear to God, with Satan. I think I could prove it. That in 1996, something happened to Nicolas Cage, where he made this promise to the devil that he would start making shit. And he never stopped. And it's like occasionally he does something good and the devil is right there on the phone. Nick, it's Satan. I thought I told you. No good movies. I'm sorry, Satan. I promise you. What do you call this, Nicholas? I just watched Adaptation and it wasn't terrible. What are you doing? Because it's 7.2. 7.2, Nicholas. Polly oh. Kale said it was a must-see movie. <laughs> this was not that the voice deal. is his banker. Oh. That voice is his banker on the phone telling him his bank account's empty again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like his only choice. Yeah. They're at the bank, like, call him up and tell him you're Satan. No, no, but it's, like, it's Nick Cage, he'll believe you. I think Cage. of how many people depend on Nick Cage. He's like created his own micro economy. He's got all these people that are supporting him that make money through him, sort of thing. And if it wasn't for Nick Cage doing bad movies and stuff, none of these people would have jobs. So He's not Michael Jackson. He hasn't got like 30 hangers-ons. What do you, these what do you think? These people are employed because Nicolas Cage is so bad. What do you think what do you think Nicolas Cage has like an army of people? Like like yeah. the way Mike Michael like like fucking uh, Mike he Tyson totally had all does. those guys. Nicolas those Cage is a fuck, he's a fucking household name, man. Like everybody knows Nicolas Cage, like whether you want to or not. So yeah, of course he's going to have people. He's got no, people. No, he's got for sure. he's got an agent. I'm sure he's got a PA or two. But geez, it's not like he's he hasn't he's got, got like his he's got like a he's got like an AC like OJ had you know he's got like one childhood friend who fucking loves him and is secretly gay for him and stuff that follows <laughs> him around for sure and he's probably got like a stylist and shit like he's he's got people for sure. Did you know he lives in he lives in Somerset a lot of the time? Did you know that? No. Did you know his son is called Cal L? No, I did not know that. I don't need to know this stuff about Nick Cage either. Like, I'm quite happy just sort of like remembering him from Con Air and Adaptation. All right, and you're, and you're saying and he's stuff. got trouble with money. He owns a string of properties, all right? He had castles in England and Germany, mansions in America, an island in the Bahamas. But these days he lives more modestly in a tiny cottage in Somerset. Because he lost all his money, that's probably why. Well, no, I don't think so. I think he's he's just, he's a weird guy. Anyway, he sold his Action Comics 1, didn't he, for about two million, I read somewhere. Um, action comics like the first Superman is that the first appearance of Superman ever? Maybe and from like, uh, like the thirties was it? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Think yeah, so. action comics number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, like it's a detective real famous... comics number one. Is is that the first appearance of Batman? I think because there's action comics oh. and there's detective comics, which became DC. Oh, is that where DC comes yeah, from? Yeah. Detective comics. Yeah. I never knew that. Man, I'm kind of sick. Wow. I'm kind of sick of Batman. Honestly, like he's just such a fucking whiny bastard, isn't he? And like, his, oh my goodness, he's been, he's been around for so long, and his story is so known and everything, and they're always trying to elaborate on it a little bit more and stuff. And I'm, I, I'm just at the point now where I'm like, you know what, Batman, I'm done with you. 
Like, give me a new superhero. I'm done. I, I'm 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 over the bats. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I think you've just grown up a bit, though. Well, you know maybe. I mean? but... And also, Batman's sort of tried. He's, he's evolved. You know, he's not the world's greatest detective. No one thinks of Batman as the world's greatest detective, do they? That's Sherlock Holmes. He's like the world's thing, greatest I mean? crybaby now. I mean, geez, like he is. How long ago did did his parents die in Gotham City at the hands of the Joker? Like. I mean, fucking get over it already. Like, think of all the things that he must have done between that happening and now. And you think that he would have, like, pushed past it slightly. But no, he's still like, fuck Batman. I- I'm sick of that guy. I mean, the Joker has evolved, like, to be a great character kind of over the years. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, it, first of all, it's interesting that you say that his, his parents died at the hands of the Joker. Because that's not the case. His parents died no. at the hands of uh, just some no-good hoodlum. Random criminal. Um, yeah. And I think it was only in the abysmal Michael Keaton Batman movies where what? it was actually the Joker. Are you talking abysmal? I'm telling you it was terrible. It was Fucking <laughs> Prince did the soundtrack to that movie. What are you talking about abysmal? I love Prince. All right? I think mediocre is the word you were looking for. No, abysmal, abysmal. Is, is too strong a term it's not. for that. I, stand I thought by Keaton it. was a good Batman. I thought, I it was thought he was okay. terrible. Did and you not what? see Birdman? That was all about his, his role in Batman. That's why they cast Michael Keaton Desperately trying to get away from his fucking past as Batman. Everyone's like, oh, it's Batman. And he's fucking sick of it. He wants to be a serious actor. That's what Birdman was all about to me. Right. I never saw Birdman. I, it's actually on Netflix. I should watch it. Yeah, it's okay. It's a great I've movie. I've been slowly watching Django Unchained re- recently, which is honestly great. Like, uh, I, f- I forgot how excellent dialogues were in Tarantino films. And, like, and the dialogues in, in Django have been... Really, it's a good movie. Great. Yeah, I yeah, liked yeah. it. It was good. that German guy is is fantastic. Holy Christopher shit, Christopher Waltz. I think he's his name so is so fucking good. He's great. In that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good movie so far. I'm like halfway through it. I can I can't sit down and watch a whole movie anymore. Like I watch half an hour <laughs> chunks of a movie now. Jesus, like, like over the course of a week. Yeah, it's really bad. Do you know what my my friend Alan? Um, he's a he's a Bournemouth lad. Straightforward guy. Like a real real straightforward guy. When it comes to movies, he knows what he likes. And and he likes a very very small selection of of movies. He likes Rocky, right? right. And right. like the, the the Rocky movies, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he likes a film called. Um, it's like it's a is an eighties movie about the SAS. Right. It was called. I think it's called Where Eagles Dare. I think it's called something or something like that. Okay. But but he would he will not watch the the whole movie before work if he wants to get kind of pumped up because he's he's sick of going to work. He watches just the last 10 minutes of Rocky. Oh, like he man, just pops I was just in the say, VHS, watches the Ro- last 10 minutes, and he's ready for a day Rocky of work. is like, the, like the original Rocky movies are, are like the ultimate pick-me-up movies, though. Like they're so, they get you so pumped. Like I, I don't know what it is about it. Like it, 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 they're just great movies. Like the, like all of the, all of the, like the original ones are, are really fucking good. Like I remember watching them. I think I watched like three back to back, like Rocky one, two, and three back to back one day uh, right. with with my. She wasn't my wife at the time. Um, we were we were we were actually I think we were engaged at the time. Anyway, we were like lounging around and we watched all three Rockies, all those three Rockies. Sorry, back to back. And by the end of it, we were almost like fist fighting and we were whooping and cheering and stuff. Like, it was great. Like, we felt really good. It was, it was nice. Like, uh, it was Who really Dares Wins, by the way. Who Dares Wins. Who Dares Wins. It was wins. called, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really weird movie. Nice. But so, so the, the Rocky movies actually got you pumped up? Yeah, yeah. Big Do time. Do you like boxing? Not really. Like, I'm yeah. not, I could take it or leave it. But I just thought the Rocky movies were, 
really entertaining. Like, they were just fucking so good. I just wish he would keep his guard up just once, Rocky. I want his corner man there. Yeah. Rocky, for God's sake, keep your guard up. He just walks in. Get back in there, champ. Yeah. But all he's saying, his entire advice is just don't give up. Just get the fuck beaten out of you. And eventually yeah, yeah. you'll... T- it's like Homer Simpson's boxing technique where he just soaks up the punches on his head. That's Rocky's boxing technique. At no point does he hold his hands up in front of his face in a traditional boxing style. Uh, no, That's all he, he has to do. It, it That's all he has got to do. That, he's got that miracle second wind. He doesn't need to. He could take he like, been the, knocked the flip out beating of his lifetime and then out of the corner of his eye, he sees Adrian and she's just like doing her thing. <laughs> you know, she's just a fucking Philistine like in the fucking crowd and she's just so fucking backwards and stuff and you could just see her cheering away and rocky feels sorry for her but loves her at the same time and he's like yeah all right fine fuck it adrian second win baby here it comes <laughs> boom and then the uppercut fucking oh man it's so but good do you know what do you know what i heard that you know uh which rocky was it with the russian guy the guy who's like i must break you that guy oh um, what's his name that's that dolph lundgren dolph lundgren uh, yeah but he plays right. um what's his name in 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 the rock he's the russian guy even drago even that's drago. right yeah 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 so f- first of all i saw dolph lundgren in a cash point queue in portobello road market one time Nice. Uh, which was kind of funny. But I also heard that when they were making that Rocky movie, Stallone said, All right, Dolph, I want you to hit me for real. It'll look good on the film. Like, hit me for real. And <laughs> Dolph Lundgren was like, okay, and punched him and broke his jaw. I'm pretty sure that's a true story. The internet will tell me otherwise, but I'm pretty sure that I think the dangerous part of the Rocky movies is that Stallone started to believe, maybe I can just take a dozen punches to the head. Yeah, uh, I think I can do it. And he did it. And Dolph Lundgren was like, just proved to him that if you actually got punched in the head, you'd get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's why his his like voice got like really slurry and like sort Maybe? of drawly, like as time went on, sort of thing. Dolph just punched I, him I a couple have, of times. Uh, I have a surprise. What? Okay, so you know we were talking about doing a bodega special this week. Uh-huh. This is interesting that we were talking about this. There is so just to give anyone some background on this, uh, a teacher. I think he's in America, sent me a bunch of bodega stories that his class had written because he read them, uh, one of the bodegas. I don't know which one he read, but he, he tidied it up a bit. He took smoking out and, and uh, you know, stuff like that. He, he took out all the swearing and stuff. Flav, he left in because obviously that's cool. And he, he read them the story and then he, he asked them to write their own stories and they've written a bunch of stories and he sent them to me. Mm. Okay. And one of them is called... Nicholas Cage. No fucking so way. So I want to, yes, I, I want to see what, what this story is. It's called Nicholas Cage. Do you want to hear okay. it? Okay. It's just, that's the title of a bodega story. So hang on, there's a, a how, how old are these children? They're, I think they're like 11 years old. Right. Okay. So, and he said to me wow. that these kids are like, it's like an inner city school. That The kids are, you know, they're, they're not generally excited by the idea of doing schoolwork, the way most kids are at 11, I guess. But these kids were really genuinely excited to be able to write something and they like the bodega stories and I, I mean god only knows if if i was on the school board this teacher would be in big trouble i would say to him you meant to stick to the curriculum mr crab apple not read bodegas but fair play it's what bodega would have done anyway here's the yeah. story you ready uh, yeah yeah i'm ready yeah uh, yeah, yeah this absolutely. is bodega part special part 1.4 brackets nicholas cage i don't know why it's called that 1.4 well yeah that's, that's it's listed as number maybe 1. he want, maybe he he ha- is a visionary and he sees nicholas cage potentially um playing the role of bodega in a future film let's find out 
Bodega's head felt groggy and faint as he shifted his fingers to turn the metal steering wheel of his spaceship. Maybe it was too many hefty cups of space coffee for just the mere thought of the smooth ceramic of a mug against his lips felt disgusting and repulsive. Man, this guy's already better than me at writing. What the fuck? <laughs> it was almost comical how the substance made to give him energy at this point only drew it from him. That's nice. Jake, can you cover me for a bit? I'm feeling under the weather, Bodega called to his assistant, his eyes feeling heavy and stomach tying itself into unsteadying knots. China, Jake replied, patting <laughs> Bodega's shoulder and encouraging him to get up, taking his place. Jake grabbing the wheel excitedly as Bodega drudged towards his bunk. He threw himself onto his bed and let his eyes fall heavy, letting out a relieving breath. He drifted awake, a gentle face smiling over him. He furrowed his slicing brow, noticing that he'd never seen the handsome stranger's face before. Hello, sir, I am Nicholas Cage, he smiled, <laughs> offering his hand to help Bodega out of his bed. <laughs> Bodega took his hand and straightened his posture, looking around slightly suspiciously. Where's Jake? Bodega asked, picking up his hat off of the side table and placing it in the usual spot on his head. Jake is out looking for supplies, he stated kindly. While you were dozing off, he landed here. I saw this vessel and he let me in. Sad to say that he may be dead now, though. Bodega's smile dropped from his face. And why would that oh be, he asked, still in shock of what he was hearing. There's a pretty bad monster out there, one that eats people. Takes a few months to fully eat a corpse. You never really see it, but it comes back nightly to feed. Bodega hung his head. Right. It's a real shame, he responded. I'm sorry about him, Nick said apologetically. <laughs> Space coffee? <laughs> Bodega smiled. <laughs> Only if you know how to make it, he grinned, walking towards the kitchen. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. <laughs> oh, you wait, you wait. Bodega oh started to God. notice after several days that Nick was trying to seduce him. Nick would, <laughs> oh, no. Nick would flip his oh, hair no. at him and wink, flexing proudly. This happening more often than he would like to admit. The animal might be on our basement now, Nick told him that day. So just don't go down there, trust me. Well, we, well, we'll find out. Weeks they're like later, in suburbia somewhere making <laughs> coffee for each other. They're, they're, this is, they're like on a spaceship and a house, I don't know. Weeks right. later, Bodega journeyed into the basement for more space coffee beans, forgetting what Nick had recommended. The stairs seemed creakier than usual. Peering around the corner, <laughs> grabbing some coffee beans out of the corner of his eye, he saw a figure, its mouth splattered in blood, eating the remains of a corpse wearing a flannel shirt. The remains of Jake. Without uh -oh. hesitation, no. he drew his gun and fired seven quick rounds, shooting the creature onto the ground. As he approached the corpse, a horrified look glided across his face. The monster was Nick! Tears bloomed into his eyes, falling onto the ground like rain, flowing down his face like water out of a sink. Nick, he mumbled, wiping his face, failing to stop the tears. All at once, he noticed how much he loved Nick, how much he'd paid to taste his delicious burned space coffee just one more time. He picked up Nick's head, allowing his tears to drip on his rested, beautiful face. Bodega had been so foolish, he'd fallen deeply in love with Nicolas Cage, and now his heart had snapped in two. His girlfriend was nothing, Jake was nothing, but Nick could never become nothing. Nick's blood was on his hands, it was his fault. He felt like he was gonna throw up. He was truly, sickly, stupidly in love. The end. Why the f Why was he eating Jake? I don't get it! I don't know. Oh my god. Oh my god, did Nicolas Cage love Bodega I don't too? Know. I think he was, was flirting with him and him? stuff, wasn't he? So like, probably. Or maybe he was seducing him with the intent to kill him and eat him. What a terrific story. That was great. Who, who wrote that? that Can we was... get a round of applause for... 
What's his name though? He, Author yes. of Nicolas Cage, The Bodega Story. Yeah, haven't got the name, but whoever you are, that was my oh, biggest. Oh, you're the best. Holy shit. Thank you for the oh my God. comedy cramps. That was great. Oh, God. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, that, I don't know how we're going to top that now. I think that's... Just <laughs> yeah. all, all right, well, all see, like you, see you guys next week then. Thanks yeah, for bye. This. Thanks bye. for watching the movie. <laughs> that's half an hour. Okay. We're going to be in trouble, yeah. Oh shit, that was good. That what a great way to wrap up a conversation about Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it had a lot of soaring highs and uh, really dipping lows, and then just to fucking just to you know crown it with that story. That was that was something special. I feel better than I felt after watching three Rocky movies back. I feel like I'm not going to be able to look at Nicolas Cage the same way now. I'm, no. I'm just I feel like I now in my mind he's a seductress who is yeah. also a, a man eater. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, man, that was a that was pretty good. That that yeah. writing is way better than anything I could ever write. Like, my, uh, I, I think terrible. my my favorite part is that some of the the metaphors don't actually make sense, or they they're not the right word. You know what he's going for, or, or she is going for, and I, I I'm like I I know what you're trying to say here. You just haven't quite got the vocabulary. I think it's something. It. I think it's quite beautiful. Yeah, though. no, it's it's you know, interesting. The, the, the choice of words, like, but they say he he drudged towards his bed. It should should be trudged. But drudged towards his bed also sounds interesting. It, kind of works. it, it sounds, sounds interesting. Like, yeah. I immediately know what they're saying. It's interesting. And I like the way his eyes feeling heavy and stomach tying itself into unsteadying knots. That's actually really interesting. I like that. I, I thought the, the use of metaphor, I give it I give it an A. I give it an A. But like he furrowed his slicing brow. That's really yeah. interesting. I, I mean, that's what? not how I'd put it, but I, I know what he meant. I got a lot of respect for you, Flax. It takes a real man, because honestly, if I was the creator and writer of Bodega and I saw something like that come along, I got to say, I would be a bit apprehensive and I would try to <laughs> I would try to take it down a peg or two, like, because I wouldn't want people no thinking, good. like, this, this guy is going to be the new... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're, you're like, yeah, A+, plus. this guy's great, you know, he can write the rest of them for me and stuff, no problem. I think that I think that takes interesting. Yeah, big cojones. Yeah. Do you do you want to do any more? Have we got we, any more? Yeah, we got loads. Do you want another one? I think we should. I think we should okay. do them. Yeah. They're, they're, so, they're, all right. Yeah. Let me read you the titles, okay? Okay. And you can tell me. So, okay. right, read read first. This is the message from um from the teacher, Jake. Read uh, first. Just yeah. Sorry, I forgot to read this first. Just wanted right. to see what you've created in the state. So the teacher is called Jake. Teacher's called Jake. Yeah. So all oh, right. Notes. So Nick Cage was. Eating the teacher. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wow. His assistant, Jake. So that was a joke about, you know, the, at the teacher's expense. Okay, I get it now. So, yeah. and I think maybe I'm, maybe, hang on, I'm just trying to get into his mind. Maybe he's thinking of Bodega as like a movie and he sees Nick Cage in so many bad <laughs> movies. That's why he's in Bodega. Yeah. See what I mean? Like yeah. he means Nick Cage's character, I guess. Yeah, maybe. But maybe he just thinks Nick Cage is. A, sort of a movie person who is in movies. Just saying, because he's in so well, many things. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe. They're, they're, so these kids are. Maybe he's just. Maybe maybe every movie this kid has watched ever <laughs> so has had Nick Cage in it. Yeah. And therefore, he just assumes that Nick Cage is part of every story. And he plays himself. Man, yeah. how weird would that be? You know, like when people are homeschooled and stuff, you always think, like, what are they actually teaching somebody, like, at homeschooling? Imagine this kid is like his. The only movies he's ever seen in his entire life have had Nick Cage in them and no oh, other movies. That poor How kid. fucking fucked up would that be? Jesus. So, first of all, he says mm. some notes. Uh, space vaping has been replaced with space coffee. Right. Only a few of them know about Bodega's Squeeze Majesta. 
Uh, and the kids love Sips' Donald Trump impersonation when he says, China! So you see that a lot. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's just like putting some memes in there. That's why, yeah. He just put China! So other notes. Uh, these kids, are, these are sixth to seventh grade. So that's like 11, right? 10, 11? Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I was still wearing track pants at that age. Like, right. Every fucking day. So here's, here's the most surprising piece of information. Are you, are you ready for this? Are you ready yeah. for this? Yeah, yeah. We are in the process of creating... Bodega the musical for next spring's performance class. Right, right. Which is a startling piece of information. You guys have made kids excited about doing well and finishing their state testing. They're at an inner city school, so these kids are like, they're not generally excited about school. So for some reason, this has um, made them interested, which is great. I mean, that's like, Hell that's yeah. incredible. I'm very happy about that. Uh, my administration loved the idea of creative character development and that the kids wanted to work after state testing. So they did their work and then they wanted to do this. Like they actually enjoyed doing it. They wanted to do it. So I think that is that is wonderful. Uh, so that was That's the crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. So here's one called, uh, so I'll read you the titles. You tell me which one you want to hear. Right. Space fe space Feminist. Yes. The go. <laughs> wait, <laughs> Straight wait, wait, away. Wait, you, no, no, you no, don't no, even just know. Go. The Glorgaflop. No, uh, Space <laughs> Feminist for me. I want, I want the feminist You want to hear this one? Because yeah, one yeah. of them's called Booty Hole. Are you sure oh, you want to hear okay. the one booty, called Booty Hole? Booty Hole, yeah, go Booty we Hole. We have to go through all, all right, of them. Yeah. All right, let's do Space Feminist. I, I read this one on stream the other night, and it's it's gold. Okay, go. This is, this is a short okay. one. Uh, this is written by a young girl, okay? Okay. Smoke filled the undercrowded space warehouse and Bodega was sweating. He breathed in and out, testing the waters and stepping out from behind the large package of illegally ground space coffee. His home base had been infiltrated by a band of radical space feminists opposed to the illegal space coffee trade. Bodega didn't understand their end game, but wouldn't back down without a fight. He stepped into the mist, and a split second later was grabbed and helped with a cosmic knife to his throat. He heard a voice, thy last words, Bodega. But wait, it was a man's voice. Bodega kicked back, aiming straight for the soft spot. Boom, right in the baby maker. The man groaned, <laughs> overcome with pain. What are you, a space feminist, said Bodega. What, said the man, and in 0.2 seconds, a tall woman with a red bandana scooped up the man. She lowered the mask. Sorry, this is a dangerous misogynist from the planet Misogynia. We had to remove him from the streets before he hurts more women. I guess he thought you were one. Well, good day. She jumped away as there was very low gravity on the planet. Bodega didn't really know how to feel and suddenly started thinking of why his girlfriend cheated on him. Oh well, he continued with his business. The end. Oh my god! That was amazing! I know. Holy shit! So that was the, the uh, so there's Bodega's End, which I guess is about the death of Bodega, the Pirate right. King, Confrontation, right. the Crash, Origins of Bodega, Booty Hole. Yeah, one yeah, of the teachers is listed as I am not really sure. One called Memory, one called Pussycat Pussycat, where are you? And one called Bodega's Hair, brackets, I think this kid does drugs. Yeah, do that one. Right. I want to hear okay. that one. All right. Bodega was a strand of hair. He became detached from his human. Then he got a human girlfriend. While he went to the store, she got married and had a stupid child. Then he moved to some stranger's back. He worked as a person who smuggled lice into people's hair. He wanted revenge. One day, he smuggled lice into his ex's hair. She got mad. Then he found out that the child was his. He needed more space coffee. He was a space coffee-holic. He then, he yelled at his girlfriend, specifically the song Billie Jean, and his ex, Bodega, stunned him. He said, you did, you have to do that, and ate a crayon. 
because of all the space coffee he had to throw up, <laughs> but didn't know where that bathroom was, so he threw up upon Mr. Ezo. Ah, yelled Mr. Ezo. That's the teacher, Jake Ezo. Right. China, said Bodega. Bodega's <laughs> girlfriend said, give me some cop. Then they held hands and fell in love. Bodega was alone again, but then he fell in love with female Bodega's boyfriend. They raised the child into a full-grown hare. The end. Man, that guy is like the next up-and-coming Twitch chat superstar. For That's sure. That's nuts, isn't That's it? That's crazy. That is proper nuts. That is bananas. Yeah. Okay. That is, that's, <laughs> right. that was, that let's, do, let's do booty hole. Let's do booty yeah, hole. Yeah, booty okay. hole. This is a short one. <laughs> I'm ready. It's like two paragraphs. It was two years since Bodega caught his girlfriend cheating on him. He was so depressed he took his own spaceship that he built and went up. He had four years worth of food and water. He made it up and it's been two years. He came back just to find out that everyone thought he was dead. He wasn't in the mood for this. He went to the police station and went there. When he walked in, everyone gasped and then cheered. They called his girlfriend and she rushed in. When she got there, he said, fuck off, booty hole. He chilled out and talked to the booty hole. She talked about how much she missed him, but he rejected her and yet again told her to fuck off. She left and told him, I'm sorry. I hate her, he thought to himself. He was outraged. OMG, he was so angry. The end. <laughs> Oh my, oh my God. God! Are they are they the allowed to use colorful language in? Well, that was... it was asterisked out. Okay, so it could have actually been like oh. shit off, or maybe no. Like... It was like F star star K. Oh right, so, I see. Yeah, Fla flav off. Yeah, that's, yeah. They could have not... could have dropped a flav in there. They could have dropped a flav or two. Yeah. Jesus Man, Christ! Hole. It was pretty. I th I still think the the feminist one is the best one so far, though. That was All crazy. Right, what about uh, Bodega's end? Should we try that one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Nicolas Cage is the best one for me. Oh yeah, that far. was fun. That was, that was great, great, actually. Holy shit. Bodega and Majesta had been best friends since birth. They were next door neighbours and spent every day after school together. As they grew older, they grew deeper in love. Both of their families could not afford to provide college, so they decided to work together to stay afloat. When NASA made public sorry, when NASA made public applications for people to move to the moon with all expenses paid off, they jumped on it in an instant. Bodega and Majesta lived happily on the moon commune for many years, but many years is not forever. That's great. I love that. War fell upon the two moon colonies. In an effort to stop their family of two from falling into poverty, Bodega began smuggling people from the moon back to Earth. Right. Little did he know, hyperspeed spacecraft had ripped a hole in space-time. After a round of people <laughs> smuggling, Bodega was on his usual route coming home. When he arrived, there was a strange moon buggy in the driveway. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Majesta, eight years older than the last time he saw her. I, I, I thought you were dead, she said. How long has it been? He responded. Eight years. Oh my god. He ran as her new boyfriend shot a laser shotgun towards him, yelling, Get away from my baby! Bodega <laughs> went to the space coffee bar and drank his feels away. Space coffee gets you extremely oh. brackets. Space coffee gets you extremely high. He went to the moon spacecraft exit, clicked the open button, and floated away. He had no spacesuit. The end. Oh man! Oh, oh my god! god. He committed suicide! <laughs> when you come home Holy to your shit. moon base, that is my favourite one so buggy. far. <laughs> That's uh. not my moon buggy! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Holy shit. I mean, but I, I like the, the idea that infidelity is the same 
on Earth as it is whether if you're on the moon. Oh, like you still man. see mm-hmm. some stranger's moon buggy parked and be like, that's not my moon buggy. Who the fuck is this? Oh, see someone's spacesuit. Oh. Anytime anyone mentions colonizing the moon, I just think, man, I hope I'm alive to be able to live on the moon one day, even if it's just for like a week or something. Like, I, I think that that would be fucking amazing. Yeah. I would love to live on the moon. Shit temporarily. Internet, think of the ping you'd get. Oh, man, who cares? Like, you're on the moon. You get to, like, look at the Earth from a different perspective and stuff. Like, that's fucking crazy. Like, I would love to do that. Sign me up, NASA. Come on. After two days, you'd be bored of it. Yeah, I know. That's why I would only want to go there temporarily. I'd want to come back and and stuff. But, like, I just think that that would be incredible. I just, I I think people would be like, oh, what did you do last year? Oh, we went to the moon. Yeah, we had a whole week on the moon. Well, what was it like? Yeah, yeah, it was good, but oh, it was good to get back. I tell you what, there's really not much to do up there. It really is. Just I was the watching moon. this series on Netflix called The Expanse, and it's like it, it's about Earth, Mars, and the Moon has been colonized by Earth as well. But Mars has like separated off and become like their own sort of like federation or whatever. And right. It's really tense between Earth and Mars. Sounds fairly yeah, yeah, yeah. normal. But yeah. But I, I love things. like I I love in like shows like that and sci-fi like that where occasionally they return to Earth, right? And the the United Nations runs Earth now. And they return to Earth and they visit like a cattle ranch in Montana and like not much has changed. It's like really, really familiar. Like there's no like high tech electrical doodads or whatever sort of thing. So like people on Earth are just still chilling, but there's like all these colonies like on the moon and there's these big space stations and shit and like colonies all over Mars. And I want to live to get to the point where we're doing all that. Like that'd be great. It's always the same, isn't it? Like people always assume that 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 the space stuff will be the same as earth stuff but in space yeah. right so like uh, you know like spaceships are just like like boats ordinary ships with the captain and the the captain's log and all that crap you know and when when we build a colony on mars eventually they're going to rebel against right. us and have their uprising because yeah. they're it's like the colonies again it's like oh you know we're gonna have our own constitution on mars and Founding fathers on Mars. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous, but everyone assumes that. I'm cool with that, though. I'd be up for that. Why would that happen, though? We've, the world's changed has so it? much. Like, has it, Lewis? Not, well, yeah, have Lewis. people changed? Well, Why don't you tell me about this change that you've witnessed? Did you just listen to Michael to Jackson's know. Man in the Mirror? And when he said, I want to make a change for once in my life. I've still got tears in my eyes from those Bodega <laughs> yeah. stories, man. Do you want another one? Some Do you want of those were just yeah, yeah, yeah. so glorious. Are there more? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's oh. more. Okay. Uh, oh, God. This Keep one's called... Coming, baby. It's like crack. It's like space coffee. Are any of them as good as Booty Hole? Because... I- I've only read two. I-, I literally only read Space Feminist and The Glorgoflop. I didn't read any of the rest of these. Read that one, The Glorgoflop. Let's have... Right. Flop. Yeah. This is this is quite a long one, but it's good. Okay. This 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 kid really got into the making shit up that makes no sense. Oh, okay, so that's the best part I know. of Bodega. One day, a Malbratostafor named Bodega was oh. walking to a coffee shop Jesus. in space to get his favorite drink, space coffee. Right. He was right. on his way to work. He worked for the Pirate Academy. Right. He had to teach kids how to defy gravity and soar the seas in space. They have to press the no gravity button on the ship and sail the stars, as Bodega liked to say. He passed by a ring shop and thought back to a time where he fell in love with a human girl. It was a balmy day, and Bodega was going to Earth for a short visit to see what Earth coffee really tasted like. 
Everyone on Earth had never seen a Malbratostafor before, so they thought Bodega was hideous and fled in fear that he would eat their brains out or something in that category. Nice. <laughs> After all, he was a disgusting shade of green, had three eyeballs, but only two sockets, and had not mouth. Bracket, he breathed through his butt. Then he passed by a park which was very calm and peaceful. There was a human girl sitting on a step stool painting a portrait of the lake with the trees. At the time, he had never seen a, a tree. The tree the girl was painting actually happened to look a lot like the Malbratostafor's biggest enemy, the Glorgaflop. They were hideous right. beasts about the size of a tree. Bodega was frightened, so he went over to warn the girl. First, he had to destroy her painting because then there would be no proof of Glorgaflop on Earth, which everyone knew wasn't true until now. He had to hide the evidence. <laughs> Bodega went over to the girl and ripped her painting to shreds. He looked into her gorgeous eyes and knew that she was the one. He found out her name was Majesta after she yelled at him for ripping up the painting <laughs> and explaining to him what a tree really is. Later that year, Majesta and Bodega were a happy couple, but something was definitely off. Bodega wasn't feeling very in love anymore, so he went back to space to visit his family and his childhood friends. When he went back to Earth, he found out that Majesta had married another man and had a baby. Bodega wasn't too unhappy about it since he wasn't feeling it anymore with Majesta. They said their space, they said their space goodbye, and to this day, never seen each other again. Back to present time, Bodega went into the space coffee shop only to find out they were all out of space coffee, but that oh, there'd no. been a new creation called Jupiter Juice. He tried it and spit it in the cashier's face. It was the most disgusting thing Bodega had ever tasted in his whole life. This wasn't very well. This day wasn't very well for Bodega. He knew something no. was up. He took out his rifle, vaporized the cashier, and walked outside with a tip of his hat. All of a sudden, the Gorgaflop swooped down from space and attacked the village. <laughs> Bodega punched one of them in the face. He'd completely forgotten that if you hit them or punch them, they grow back another feature. This time, the beast grew back a tail with sharp thorn-like spikes. The alien continued to swing the humongous tail into Bodega's face. Meanwhile, on Earth, Majesta was imprisoned by the Glorgaflop Queen. Tell me, what do you do to him? I want him back. Don't you understand? Do I need to spell it out? W-A-N-T-H-I-M-B-A-C-K to be continued. Wow. Wow. And so what, the Glorgaflop Queen wants Bodega? Is that the... No, the, I the... think the Glorgaflop Queen... Did she take Majesta and Majesta's telling the Queen that she wants Bodega back or the other way around? I can't be sure. Yeah, I don't know. Man, how yeah. is Kieran going to animate these? <laughs> God only knows. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, that's, that's, that, these, these are really good. Man, how come I can't write like oh, this? Do you God. have to practice or something? Like, is it, is it yeah, just a I calling? So. Like, I, I could never write like this. Do you, do you read much? Yeah, I read enough. Yeah. I think if I wrote stuff, it would just go off into these awful tangents that would make no sense and I would never be able to get back well, to the point. If you listen to any of the stories that we've had today, they bounce around wildly, Sips. It doesn't matter. It's like, just, just get it out of paper. Get your I brain down on paper. I find these like fairly coherent, though. Like, they're not. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ish. They're bonkers, dude. The, they're fabulous. The, the Nicholas Cage one was pretty good. Well, it was pretty tight. Like it didn't really flop around too much. <laughs> it's true. Oh, that Nicholas Cage one was absolutely spectacular. It really That's was, gonna have yeah. me giggling all week. I, I love these stories, right? They're I, I can absolutely imagine my kids writing so stories these, like these. These kids are eleven, right? That are writing. They're like these? ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah. They're around there. Man, like so. My eldest so cool. is in. I think it would be called third grade. Okay. Right. So in three years' time. She'll be like 10 going on 11. And these are exactly the kind of things that she would write. 
Like, there, there, there's certain things that all the kids seem to be obsessed with. They're all obsessed with uh, people falling in love. That's consistent in pretty much every story, right? Memes. Ch uh, Sips saying, China! Like, for some reason, that really t tickled them. I think that's funny. <laughs> infidelity. Yeah. Most of the stories feature some kind of infidelity or a relationship falling apart. And I'm thinking, this must be the kind of TV shows that kids see. They see this kind of stuff happening. And they just think... That must just be part of of life. You know what I mean? Like they're they're I guess, it's, yeah. they're all writing about it, and they're all they're all kind of violent. But none of them have been like I, I can imagine what my class at school at this age would have come up with. It would have been oh a lot yeah, more they would be violent. so gory. It really they would have described yeah. the gunshots. In yeah, great detail. But it would have been done on purpose to like you know because if you had to present it to the class or whatever, you would have gone out of your way to make it like especially violent and gory sort of yeah, thing. Maybe, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, but I mean, I, I reckon these like, have been read out. I reckon these have been read out because there, there are jokes in there, like the jokes about like there's a you know the teacher crops up often, doesn't he? Like there's yeah, characters yeah, called yeah. Jake and stuff, and that's kind of funny. I like that. It's because it's obviously they want to do it and see the teacher's face, and all the kids will be laughing. It's like a a little gag that they've got within the class. It uh, is odd. I, I mean, I wonder what the teacher has shared with the class. I wonder if the teacher has put himself into bodega stories. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder whether like no, apparently not. People like. He said okay. he just read them, some of them. Like, I'm only messing with him. I'm sure he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. just, I just, I just, Maybe I they just did a thing where, like, one kid wrote the story and then, like, another kid had to read it sort of thing. Yeah, so they maybe. were, like, stitching each other up a bit. Because yeah, yeah. like, we used to have to do stuff like that at school. I remember it was pretty fun. Of course. You know, like, oh, somebody would write a story and then you'd have to read it for them. And, you know, like, you'd get up there and you wouldn't know what, what to expect. And you'd start reading. You'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe fucking putting Nick Cage in the story and stuff. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Oh, so man. we did mention The Rock, right? Mm. And one of the um, best fan theories about The Rock is that um, Sean Connery in it is still playing James Bond. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. And it, when you watch the movie with that in your mind, you're like, oh my God, it's amazing. Really? Yeah. Man, I got to watch that again now. That sounds great. That sounds like a fresh new spin on The Rock for me. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought The Rock was like, I don't know, it's a good, bad movie. That's the thing. It's a, it. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. It's a good, bad movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Shit, I wonder if you want to watch that Have again. you seen Roadhouse? Uh, no, Roadhouse. I haven't. Patrick Swayze plays a... Right, this is... The, this is If you haven't seen Roadhouse... 1989. It is a right. wonderfully bad movie. One of my favorite okay. bad movies. So... There's like a, a, a club, some a bar, a real shit-kicking bar. It's out of control. The owner needs a special bouncer to come in and set everything right because there's like the bouncers are running drugs. There's lots of uh, sex going on in it, like between the bouncers and stuff. It's completely out of control. And they bring in Patrick Swayze, and he brings in brings in that guy who always plays a cowboy, Sam. God, what's his name? He's got a big mustache ninety percent of the time. He was he's he was in Parks and Rec as the sort of anti Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Oh, does he have a really deep voice and he looks a bit like Rudy Ted Glenn? Yeah, exactly. He's like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in the Big Lebowski. Exactly. Yeah. The dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. the dude of birds. That the, guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's in it, and he's like Patrick Swayze's mentor. So they come in to clean up the bar, and it's just the most bizarre story because by doing this, somehow this attracts the ire of the local supervillain who lives in a massive mansion on the other side of the river, and the town that he has under his sway, which has apparently paid for this mansion and all these millions of dollars in, that he's got, is like the tiniest one-horse town with like one street, and this guy just fucks up like a local car dealership with a monster car and stuff, and Patrick Swayze is like really, 
out for revenge and stuff. And it's just the weirdest movie, but it's it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It's like a, whoever made the movie clearly knew that Patrick Swayze at that point in 1989 was a big heartthrob. So there's like needless shots of Patrick Swayze getting out of the bathtub, just flexing right. his muscles and stuff. It's so bad. It's hilarious. I love it. I absolutely love that movie. So that is a good, bad movie. Yeah, okay. there's a bunch of them. Like I'll check this... that one out. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Uh... I, I'm, I think I might have seen it, but it's... It sounds familiar, but we always know, talk about. Tune's got all these great recommendations for good bad movies to. Um, yeah, to what watch. was that other one that you said? Battleship or something? Battleship, Battleship. Bat- Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Battlefield, and Battlefield Earth, Earth is terrible. Is, yeah, which is yeah. amazing because that's that's like when Scientology was like at its peak of of like um, it was everywhere. You know, you couldn't stop reading about it. Everybody's, there was a big panic about it, and all the celebrities. And I mean, Tom. I haven't seen Tom Cruise and Scientology and all that shit all over the news in ages. Like it's no. it's, it's not what it was. Like back back then, you know, when the South Park did their big rip on it and everything, and Battlefield Earth came out. I think it was actually quite a while ago, and it was obviously the hip thing for celebrities to do was to get into Scientology. And like, what's his name, John Travolta. Um, Forrest Whitaker and and um, what's that guy's name? Barry Pepper. They're all Scientologists and they're all in the movie. And it's a bit like if you ever watched a religious movie, like when when um, Mel Gibson made The Passion, right? Passion Mel, of the Mel Gibson's a massive, yeah. massive religious nut. Like he's he's one of those uh, the the one of those cats is called that tie like a a leather strap around their legs so they're constantly in pain to remind them of Jesus's sacrifice and everything. Like they're 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 religious loons. Okay, so yeah. these guys are Scientologists religious loons and they've made this movie and they're taking it so seriously and it's really they're trying to really say something with this movie and it's just unbelievable they have cavemen flying jet planes at the end of the movie okay that's basically what happens at at the denouement you have (laughs) okay you have john travolta shooting the legs off a field of cows you have uh (laughs) it's just bonkers it's absolutely bonkers I, i you couldn't describe it you have to see it yeah oh my god Nice. Holy crap. Well, that is, that's what we've got time for this week, actually, on the Triforce Podcast. Uh, it's been a real good one. I Man, really enjoyed those it. Those bodegas were great. Holy shit, they were so funny. Yeah, we've, oh we've got God, more for so next good. time. We've got more for I next time. I can't wait. Big yeah. up to uh, to the teacher and uh, all those kids. Hey, yeah. well, done, well done, guys. You did yeah. it. Uh, well done. Really Shout good. out to uh, all of you guys out there supporting the Triforce Podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye. Goodbye.